Disability Rights Arkansas, we are focused on guidance for people with disabilities on how to navigate your rights, things that help with your everyday life, and how to navigate the complex systems of how to get the support you need. In this podcast, we bring that information directly to you, the listener, on things like accessibility questions, career and care, and even the nuances of love life with a disability. Today, we are talking about changing mindsets and allowing everyone the opportunity to succeed or even fail. I'm your host, Lainey Jennings-Hall. In this episode, I'm joined by powerhouse self-advocates, Sarah Carmony and Mike Thornton, as well as Executive Director of Disability Rights Arkansas, Tom Massaw. Sarah Carmony is a self-advocate of Michigan, a SAVE board member, a Youth Ambassador Program Trainer. Mike Thornton is a self-advocate and Youth Ambassador Program Trainer. But Tom, we're going to kick it off today with you talking about the big picture. So what is guardianship? Yeah, thanks, Lainey. So guardianship means obtaining the legal authority to make decisions for another person. So essentially, it's a legal process that's used when a person can no longer make or communicate safe or sound decisions. Um, And it's done through the court process. Um, Your family member, your friend, or whomever it may be will petition the court um, to take all of your rights away because they fear that you cannot make the decisions for yourself. Um, and then the court will make that determination and then your then that person will become your guardian. And it impacts um, an individual's rights to essentially live their life. Um, you know, it, it takes away their right to decide where to live, to have, you know, whether or not they can obtain a driver's license, to have their own money, to choose their friends, their religion, whether or not they want to work. And it, especially here in Arkansas, it... Um, takes away your right to vote. So when, when, uh, when somebody obtains guardianship over another individual, their right to independence is essentially lost. Um, so it is a, a, a huge barrier for, for people who want to live their life and make their own decisions for themselves. There are multiple alternatives that um, an individuals can look at with regards to guardianship. So guardianship is not the be all end all. There are alternatives such as um, a durable power of attorney, a psychiatric advanced directive, and a psychiatric advanced directive allows you to appoint someone to communicate your treatment decisions if you're unable to make those decisions. There's also representative payees, someone to assist you in managing your finances. And the one that we um, wanna talk about today is supported decision-making where supported decision-making is an agreement that you bring people into um, to help you make those decisions. You know, you weigh your pros and cons and you, you as the individual ultimately make those decisions and you have a circle of supporters around you that if those decisions that you make do not um, pan out, you have a fallback that they can assist you in, in looking at other, other decisions. So what I'm hearing, I mean, these are a lot of of rights that are essentially removed from an individual. What does, what, how do those conversations get started with the individual to to just say, you know, Hey, we're, how does, how does this start of, you know, we're going to put you under this guardianship. We're going to put an individual under a guardianship. How does, how does that all begin? So what we're seeing here um, is that when an individual is going through the school system, um, so essentially, you know, when someone turns 18, we're, we're, we're seeing that a lot of um, parents and educators are looking at, educators are actually encouraging parents 
to go to court to obtain that guardianship for fear of losing control or losing um, a way to communicate um, with their loved one. So the individual or the, the family member will go to court thinking they're doing the right thing um, because they want to stay involved in their in their loved one's life. But essentially what they're doing is they're stripping that individual of all their independence and their rights um, and, and not allowing that individual to make those choices that, you know, you and I and everybody else can make those decisions. And if we make the wrong decision, it's all part of life. It's, that's what we do. So you're actually taking that right away for somebody to fail and make the wrong decision and learn from it to, to move on. That, that fear of failure that everyone has, has the right to do, it's just, that's crazy to me. Sarah, I want to throw it to you. I know you have some unique experience here. Um, well, I, I just had a thought to share when he said that it's like the non there's like two sets of rules the non-disabled can make mistakes and everybody doesn't get on them but when a person with a disability makes a mistake it's like a life sentence not a life lesson yeah i think that's a great point i mean why does it have why does there have to be a line drawn in the sand of you know you know, that you cannot have that, that right to failure or to succeed, frankly. I mean, it does, I don't understand why there has to be a line. And um, along this way, Tara, can you tell us a little bit about your story? And um, I know you are, and um, you do have an alternative to guardianship. Can you talk a little bit about your journey? Yes. My name is Sarah Carmi. I am from Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I, um, I have, I'm my own guardian. I live on my own in my own two-bedroom apartment. And I do have a rep payee um, that helps me manage my money. And basically, I'm thankful that I have her um, because she does help me budget out what, how much I'm going to spend on food and how much I'm going to uh spend for other things too and basically that helps me and then I also she also helps me make sure my bills get paid too so Lainey if I can jump in and ask Sarah a question so Sarah you're very humble um, and you're a very strong advocate in in Michigan and one of the things that um, as a member of the self-advocates becoming empowered or say board you share your experience of growing up with your with your family and and what you did and what your what your parents taught you with like IEPs and, and different things. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you gained your and how that independence came about? Yeah, well, I know when I was in uh, elementary and intermediate, my uh, mom and dad would go to my IEPs. But we always even mom and dad and all of us would always even us kids would go with mom and dad to meetings. Like if there was parent teacher conferences, we were always there with mom and dad. And then, uh, and we always went to our IEPs together and up until I got into junior high. And then that's when mom said, okay, that's it. I'm not going to another IEP because mom felt like the teachers were analyzing her and she didn't like that. So she said she wasn't going to another IEP again, but mom and mom and dad were always invited and my dad worked. 
talk about the significance of going to this IEP meeting because I mean, that is a daunting and an experience of itself. I am obviously not as well versed on, I am just beginning to really learn. I mean, how big a piece these IEP meetings are. I mean, there's a lot of players at the table of these IEP meetings. I mean, do y'all want to talk a little bit? I mean, you two are going to know so much more about it than I am. Talk just, I mean, just, just all the players at the table and the significance of a student being at the table. Well, I think also my parents didn't understand really what an IEP meeting was. All we knew is it was just a meeting that we had that the school says we have to have yearly. I didn't really know it was what or anything. I don't think my parents even understood that. And but it is a um, a meeting. It's an individualized plan education plan planning meeting. I think that's what IEP stands for. And basically, it's where uh, people with special ed, there's teachers and the parents and any other staff that was uh, that's involved in the kid's life or the child's life come together along with the child. And they um, make plans for how they're going to complete the school year. So Sarah, can um, so when your parents stop attending the IEP meetings, um, did you continue by yourself, and how did that and how did that make you feel? Because you essentially were were your own advocate, um, and so how, how and from that point, what did you? How did that make you feel? Um, I kind of didn't really understand the meeting well, but I did the best I could with what I could do. Okay, and so basically there were. Some decisions that were made that I may not have liked, but um, I guess it's to help me get through the school year. And Sarah, is that really when those conversations started um, about self-advocacy and self-awareness and, and those alternatives to guardianship? Is that really when the, that journey and those conversations started? Um, well, my mom, uh, growing up, my mom always taught me and my brother to make our own decisions for ourselves like she would ask me uh what she would let us make decisions as to what we wanted to wear she would also uh name the choices of what we may have wanted to eat for breakfast and uh and you know things like that and that added up to also as we got older we started doing some chores like when I was, what is it, eight or nine, I started wiping a TV screen off. And then as I got older, I uh, did the dishes. She started letting me do dishes at a young age. And then when we got into our teens, that's when, like, 12. So that was how old I was when I first started trying to cook. She uh, let me try to to cook for myself i had a hard time with the stove because it was one where you uh had to turn the gas on and light the match that was scary i for the longest time i had a hard time um doing that but then one day i got the courage to do it and mom and dad and and my um brother all told me how am i going to eat when i get older because i was so scared of the stove well, it sounds like you made it work. Yeah, it, <laughs> it did. 
So what? So when you started cooking, and when you when your when your mom started giving you all, and your mom and dad started giving you all these things, how did that make you feel? And how did you, when you when you, as you got older, how did you maintain or how did you direct your make your own decisions? I mean, because you were pretty much independent at that point, right? Right. Yeah. And then mom would let us also help us with chores too. Like when I was about twelve years old, I remember going into laundromats with my mom and. Me and my brother both did, and we were so excited. We, mom sat down and we did the, the laundry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that just led into more decision making. <laughs> I was taught at a young age to do, to make decisions, and even when I did make mistakes, mom would always encourage me. And if my dad started yelling at me, he said, "No, don't, don't." deter me from stopping because I've got to learn. That's what mom would say. And and Sarah, I think that's an important point, you know, when we're talking about guardianship and, you know, everybody makes mistakes um, as an individual. And I think you said it, you know, um, you you have a saying, what is it? Life's mistakes. What was that? Uh, Life. (laughs) I got to think of it too. Uh, Life. Mistakes. Life's mistakes shouldn't be a uh, a deterrent. It should be a life lesson, not a life sentence. Yes, yes. And I think that's important because everybody makes mistakes and everybody has to learn from those. And so, you know, as you were growing up, it, it worked. And so what are you, how, how are you living your best life now without a guardian? What are you, what are you doing right now? Um, I'm actually working. Um, I'm working on trying to, uh, to maintain jobs skills um for different jobs and um i also want to learn how to drive and i do i don't have a guardian because my parents are deceased but i have what they call a circle of support which is people in my life people from like the argans uh the, the agencies that help me out and my payee and uh, my caseworker and whatnot. We come together to uh, meet and once a month and we uh, have a uh, circle meeting where we discuss goals and uh, we try to work on trying to achieve them. And Sarah, you and Mike are both part of the um, Youth Ambassador Program, correct? You're both trainers. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you want to tell a little bit about what the goal of this program is and how what you guys do there? Well, the goal of the Youth Ambassador Program is the project is to teach uh, supportive decision making and other alternatives to guardianship we, um, to the youth um, from several states. Our first group of states was just Wisconsin, Vermont, and Georgia, and they are about to uh, truly wrap up their. Uh, project. We've had two m- uh, months of, of presentations from uh, Georgia and Vermont, and coming in January, the state of Wisconsin uh, will, or the youth from Wisconsin will present on projects that they've worked on to talk about supportive decision making and alternatives that they've learned about and want to be more involved in. Um, our second group of states started a few, several months ago, and they're into 
the monthly check-ins, and that's Oregon, New Jersey, South Carolina, Indiana, and Michigan. And they are just now beginning on a 12-month cycle of um, presentation of, learn, of learning more and um, about what they've learned throughout the um, 12 weeks. We, we were doing it 16 for the first group, and we cut it down to 12. They, um, they're learning more, and then after 12 months, they will start presenting on their projects, and we will have five months of, of presentations by each of those, those states. You know, that's what they learn about, the, the differences in between supported decision-making and guardianship and other alternatives, such as what Tom mentioned earlier, rep paying the um, and several others. My, my mind is slipping me right now. So, well, I think that's a really good point that you make that others guardianship is different in in different states, and, and every state is working towards towards different goals. How are the other states working to change the mindset from guardianship to these other alternatives? I know this is this the goal of this program. How are these other states work, working to change this mindset? Well, some of them already have alternatives um, to it, and some are working to talk to their states and to talk about putting supported decisions in place uh, or, or alternatives that are you know. And don't put someone under total guardianship because uh, if they don't, it, sometimes it's like all or nothing. And if they don't have their alternatives, it's important to for people to be able to make choices because we all learn from or from making choices, and that's what they're working on. They're working. The youth have worked on presenting. Project, doing projects so that they can present to others in their state. Done one of one of them have done a book talking about their life and what choices they made. Um, some of them have done videos. Uh, youth from Georgia, Derek, he's done. He does drawings um, like meeting facilitation drawings that talk about what's going on. So. He can use those drawings to talk about what guardianship, what supported decision making is, and, and things. So, that he was, I got to meet him a few weeks ago um, in uh, at a conference, and he spoke about himself, him, and another youth from Torture On Guard that uh, talked about how they're using uh, things to also help in making a business of, of tea. So, that's a little bit of you know, how they're using their projects and things to reach out to their states. Yeah, sorry, Mike. Um, so what I, one of the things that I find interesting is that, you know, all of these other states, and, and Sarah, you being from Michigan, and, and Mike, you being a, a, a trainer for youth across the country and trying to get alternatives of guardianship to allow people to maintain their rights without and have and make their own decisions. Um, yet here in Arkansas, you know, we have nothing but guardianship. I mean, as soon as somebody gets to the age of graduation, um, they, you know, automatically, you know, chances are you're going to become under a guardianship. So, Sarah, I find your experience, you know, growing up and your parents um, allowing you to attend your own IEP meetings and making those decisions and learning from those mistakes um, very helpful um, that we can, you know, talk about here in Arkansas because that's far and few between. Um 
for a lot of self-advocates. So I'm wondering what, what are you, what have, what is, um, what is self-advocates of Michigan doing to look at alternatives to guardianship and what are you doing, you know, with advocating and legislation and just talking about alternatives to guardianship in Michigan? So I guess my question is, what advice do you have for self-advocates in Arkansas to advocate for alternatives to guardianship? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, I guess I could say is uh, try to join an advocacy group and uh, work on the guardianship issue work on trying to change people's mindset from wanting to just put people with a guardian and uh, and try to say, hey, there's other alternatives besides just putting people with a guardian. Um, I think, and we're, we're, we probably have a, a lot of work to still do because I think the idea's been around a while, but it's just trying to get people to uh, change their mindset. And basically, that's not always easy. And sometimes it takes a lot of advocating to do that and years of advocating to do that. Right. Yeah. And can I add something there? there? There's a lot of misunderstanding, too, on what supportive decision making is and is not. So I think a lot of it has to do with education on what supportive decision-making is. Yeah, I think you're right. My, and, and and I think, Mike, same question for you. What advice do you have for, I know you're you're a strong self-advocate here in Arkansas. You know, what advice do you have for self-advocates or even, you know, families going through this process or, or you know, maybe you're wanting to talk to some legislators? Um, what advice do you have? Well, my advice would be, first off, to research the difference between guardianship and alternatives to guardianship, supportive decision making, or whatever, rep paying, or some other things, so that you can understand what it does and what it does not do. Also, if uh, allow your your child to speak and and learn from them what what they would like, because they they are the biggest person that should be the most important person in the room. And as Sarah has done, if you want to be in the room for an IEP, that's great. But take your child in the room with you so that they are the center of the room. And if they're able to communicate, let them communicate their needs and wants. Um, because that's something I never, I had speech therapy as a child and everything. But I don't remember ever, ever needing an IEP. But if I would have needed one, it would have been very important for me. Now that I'm an adult, to know that I should have had a voice in it, um, I do think you know that there needs to be more communication between people with disabilities as to the different here in Arkansas as to what is important on self-advocacy and, and supportive decision making and making choices and being able to learn from one another because we need to support one another too. You know? 
That's one thing that supported us is making is sometimes we support one another. You know, disability rights Arkansas, this is definitely one of our our points that we are hoping to work on with legislation um, this year. What what can we do? What is disability rights working on? Now, I, I'm going to kind of blend what um, Sarah's advice and Mike's advice together is I think we in here in Arkansas need to need to change the culture and we need to sh- shift the conversation from one of complete control over somebody's life to one that allows an individual to make decisions. And I really like Sarah's um, quote, and we might use this going forward, that mistakes are a life lesson, not a life sentence. And I think that's important as we go forward and to change the mindset of those people who think that just because an individual with a disability, that if you have a disability, you can't make any decisions whatsoever, that I need to have complete control over you. And I think that's... um, you know, not the right attitude or right things that we need to be talking about. And so Disability Rights Arkansas, we're going to be pushing for alternative to guardianship, one that puts the individual um, in control of their life with those circle of supporters around them. Um, You know, similar to what Sarah was talking about, um, you know, and she has a circle of um, friends and supporters around her where she meets monthly. I think that's something that we need to be talking about here in Arkansas and and getting rid of those um, myths that people think that, if we open up and provide alternatives to guardianship for everybody, everybody in, you know, um, is going to revolt and there's going to be chaos in the, in the state of Arkansas. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I think we need to, um, you know, if I had my way, I would just say, let's just do away with it um, and allow people to make decisions. You know, that's what they do. And especially I think with regards to voting, you know, here in, here in Arkansas, you know, I mentioned that if you have a, a guardian, you cannot vote. Well, I just think that there's, and I know this may never happen, but I think there should be a law where wards are allowed to learn autonomy and prove to a judge or a, a lawyer that they can keep their autonomy for a time and then decide based on that whether they should need guardianship or not, because each individual does have different needs. You're absolutely right, Sarah. And I think, you know, um, everybody is everybody is an individual and everybody has their own needs. And, you know, everybody should be able to explain, you know, what they want in life and how they're going to get there. But I just want to go back to the voting piece and because it's um, it's critical and that it is a constitutional right for people to be, to be able to vote and to suggest that just because somebody has a disability, they they don't know who they're voting for. They can't make those decisions. You know, I look back and we have many college students and grownups, you know, across this country that have no idea what's happening um, in the political realm or what issues are happening, but yet they're able to vote. And I can Mm -hmm. assure you and all of the self-advocates and people with disabilities that I've spoken to, they are fully educated on what's happening because the issues that are being discussed here in Little Rock, whether it's in Lansing, whether it's in, you know, in Washington, wherever it may be they have a direct impact on their lives. So they're going to be actively involved in these conversations, whereas college students and adults, whomever, yeah, I like this person, I like that person. So I think, you know, we need to go back and have that conversation of, you know, um, mistakes are life lessons, not a life sentence. So Sarah, I'm going to be borrowing that for quite some time. So thank you, Sarah. He'll end up putting it on his board. (laughs) But does anyone have any, any last minute comments you want to add? My comment would be, when it comes to people with disabilities, 
listen to the person and let let their voice be heard and valued. That's too often people with disabilities are not valued in Arkansas or anywhere because they think because someone has a disability, they do not understand. Even um, those with just physical disabilities, some people do not value them because they think just because they don't know what they're doing. And also another thing too is we're having to also try to undo the myth about alternatives to guardianship because there are myths to alternatives to guardianship. Like if I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. Um, Doesn't isn't there people that think if you do alternatives to guardianship that there be like chaos or that that there will be no order. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the arguments is a great point, Sarah, because some of the arguments or some of the, the, the myths that were happening here in Arkansas, when we were talking about alternatives to guardianship was that for individuals living in institutions, that if we, if we had an, if we were to be, if we passed um, alternatives to guardianship or supported decision-making that all of those individuals in there would revolt and, and, and say, this is not where I want to be. I want to move into the community as if that's a bad thing, but they, you know, that was the myth behind it um, that we can't allow that to happen. Um, so that was just one. And I'm sure there's many others across um, the state here in Arkansas, but across the country about, you know, allowing people to make decisions on their own. So it seems like every time we turn around, we're always trying to undo the myths. <laughs> yes. It's all about the fears. Right. The fears of the unknown. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for listening to our very first episode of Including You. If you need more information on guardianship, you can check out our previous webinar titled Guardianship, Rights, Remedies, and Responsibilities on our YouTube channel. You can also find the link to this in our show notes. At DRA, we envision an Arkansas where people with disabilities are equal members in their communities and can dictate their lives through self-determination. If you're interested in more information, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website.